So we really did a lot of research and studies to see what kind of categories are helpful to describe music. The ability to explain your product as easy as possible. Also, if it's like a super complicated infrastructure and stuff, but yeah. you need to find a way to like to tell the story and to have an easy uh, explanation for this, what you're actually doing. Thought of describing um, those mood and um, build up a system, a taxonomy with over 26 categories right now. So we can um, just describe music like to say, is it high energy? Is it female male voice? Is it, um, has it a wide spectrum or is it very small? You always need to tell the other people it's like, like the end users say what they can do or mm. what is their profit of yeah. it. Otherwise it's like pretty hard to explain yeah. when you're in the B2B exactly. business yeah. that they're getting an idea what you've done. Yeah. Right. And especially when you have like a virtual product. Talk podcast. Welcome to our podcast, uh, The Startup Story. And today our guest is Agnes from MusicCube. And I would say um, you would start just to introduce yourself a bit. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here um, with your podcast. I'm really excited about talking MusicCube and startup life and stuff like that. So um, as you said, my name is Agnes. I'm, I'm from MusicCube. We um, funded MusicCube in December 2019. Um, and our vision was that good music deserves to be found in every way. So this is somehow the vision, the claim we had um, to, to um, play around with, with our name and with our vision, yeah. How does it come to the idea to found uh, music who, what was actually the reason or like the pain point you saw? Mm -hmm. um, as a coincidence, my partner, my co-founder and me, we are both musicologists and data, and not data science, but um, we studied both computer science, so this is where the science comes from. Mm -hmm. And um, we worked together in a former company um, where we dealt with, meta, with music metadata all day long. And we always saw there's a huge amount of metadata for each and every song, like the contributors, um, like um, very musical feature, basic information stuff. And so we thought, okay, why do we have this million of tracks and songs and nobody is finding the right music for the moment? So um, we both really do a lot of music ourselves and we hear a lot of music and we thought, why do we always get the same music from the algorithms like Spotify or other streaming services? And this is where we thought, okay, we somehow have to, to crash this filter bubbles around us mm -hmm. to get the chance to listen to other artists and titles that we never heard of because they're just not in our bubble. So this is why we thought, okay, why not doing it with an AI? Because an AI is very fast. Um, mm -hmm. If I do tagging a track by myself, I need minimum the length of the track plus, I don't know, five to 10 minutes to think about all the categories a song can have. And in our AI is doing that within seconds. So it's no time to just tag music as fast as you can. And we are dealing with today with about more than 80 million songs. Um, and this is really a huge potential for to, to gain and gather a lot of metadata from a song. Okay, yeah. Um, honestly, I'm one of the persons who is just hearing like the <laughs> typical um, songs from Spotify or from the radio. Um, I've never invested that much time like doing like the research, like which song is new and yeah. all this stuff. So I'm not pretty into it. 
So maybe I'm also like your perfect customer. Yeah, I would say so because <laughs> sometimes I get tired of the recommendations I've got because sometimes you've listened such as I did this um, tagging for the AI because we have to provide her um, her the, the AI um, training material. So we had to tag ourselves some songs and I did more than 500 to 1000 songs. And of course I listened to them to Spotify just to get to listen to them and then my algorithm was completely broken because there was some Japanese metal in it, besides some German Schlager music, and it was like, I thought, oh my gosh, so why, why get I get this weird music stuff? Because some other listeners listen to the song and they listen to the song like from other Japanese metal bands and stuff like that, and it was like, no, this is not my taste, so come back, go back with the algorithm. So I was somehow lost with the recommendation. So I thought, yeah, this is really a good point to start to build a music search based on tags and not only on artist names and songs. Yeah, um, like how does it actually work? So do you have um, maybe a connection to a different uh, service provider where you're getting like the, the data or from or the music uh, source? So, I mean, like there must be like some connection and then I'm as a user, I just type in like my type of music I like or are there specific uh, KPIs I need to insert that I'm going to find like some good music for me and my, my special taste maybe? Yeah. yeah, good question. So there are many answers in it. So I try to make it simple and short. So <laughs> our former company was a service provider for the music industry. So that's where we get all the data from. And we trained our AI with metadata from more than 15 million songs. So we had a really good ground base to teach and learn the AI to get the right text. Um, we create, um, or as, we, as I say, we, of course, we had a team and there were AI specialists, data scientists, um, all musicologists as well. So we really did a lot of research and studies to see what kind of categories are helpful to describe music. So it could be this mute stuff, as you mentioned, like mm -hmm. I'm looking for happy songs, sad songs and stuff like that. But we get some levels more because where we are thinking about how we can describe the word happy because happy can mean for every and each other listener something different because if you're a metal um, lover you think a happy song sounds different like if you're a jazz lover so there is no there's no one happy thing so we thought of describing um, those mood and um, build up a system a taxonomy with over 26 categories right now so we can um, just describe music like to say is it high energy is it female male voice is it um, has it a wide spectrum or is it very small because a happy song is often something like a wide spectrum it's not so minimalized with music um, it sounds um, good loud not too um, too silent and stuff like that so um, these are the taxonomy we are thinking of and then we trained our AI and um, we trained the AI with this um, huge database to get learn how to tag the music and we always correct it and it's just like thinking of a baby coming up to the world with no idea what what the world provide and then you show this typical this is a dog and this is a cat picture and you do it all the time all the time until mm -hmm. the system recognizes ah okay this is a dog and this is a cat and this is pretty the same we do with with the AI so we developed the AI and trained with all the material we got Okay, so I also get like recommendations uh, when I first like started with uh, MusicCube as a user. Um, I say, okay, I like this um, type of music and I also like this one. And then um, you also like learn like which type I really like and make some recommendations or 
this is where we wanted to end. Finally, this is where our vision was like to say, okay, we give you as a user the possibility in the best case in Spotify directly, just not to use another tool, but to say, okay, I'm in Spotify, I now want to have listened to other music and now I can make some adjustments for the music search. So, but there we are not now and we, we don't get there, I guess, because we now acquire a song trader, but this is another story. Um, but we built um, a music search engine, which you can use on our website. It's called musiccube.be. Um, there we have something like called like a playlist generator and there you can make some adjustments there You can say okay. I want this kind of mood. I want this kind of tempo. I want to have um, a high energy I want to have minimal wide spectrum and stuff like that So there you can decide and play around with all the tags we have and then um, in the best case our AI provide you a playlist um, which could be of different um, Could have different kind of, of songs in it where you just can listen through and say, okay, this is nice and this is I like. Um, we are not there that the AI learns from your behavior from the music-wise. This is this has to be one of our next step if we are thinking of going with um, B2C. But we stay with B2B right now and we started as a B2B um, startup and we want to help um, rights owners, labels, publishers, artists with huge catalogs to get the music good tag so that they themselves can find music in between their catalog because we mm -hmm. talked a lot to partners or to potential partners or to artists to learn about how can we get, go on with our vision con on concrete so to say and um, this is where we thought of okay they need they have this huge catalog all of them has has big catalogs and we want to help them to get the idea what kind of music is in their catalog. Because if you are asking an artist to provide any song with typical tags and he said, yeah, okay, I, I remember I composed something like that, but I do not know how, how, I, how I got the title or how, what's the name of the song. And just to search through the catalog is something impossible. So um, we thought of providing now something like what is called by us MusicCube Cloud is a tool where you just can upload your own catalog. Mm -hmm. get the AI tagged all the songs and then you get back the tagged um, songs and then you can use, then you can have a better search in between your songs. So we just not think of the customer at the end, but we think of the B2B part um, in our business. But the idea was somehow always to say, yeah, let's think of the customers. Let's see that Spotify will acquire us and say, okay, cool, cool music search engine, just just get started with this. So this yeah. was the idea at the very beginning. Yeah, okay, but this is maybe like a longer track to yeah. come there that maybe Spotify is also including you as a yeah. search engine. Yeah. And then it's like kind of smart first starting with a B2B business and say, okay, now you can have like have more diversity in your catalog mm. when you're just like using us and our AI and getting like some ideas because I could imagine if I'm working like for a company, um, and then I need to search for some cool, nice uh, songs, which mm. maybe no one knows. And then I can just take it and make it uh, like like big or something. Yeah. Um, then it's like also very useful for the companies, I could imagine. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is the thinking we have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, but you're you're trying to stick to your like your big vision to go also to the B two C or. Um, nowadays, we are not thinking of B2C anymore because um, with SongTrader in the background, we have really another new 
now it's not really new, but it's a different approach of our idea. The, say, the, say, the, the idea um, is still the same to make a catalog searchable. So, mm -hmm. and with SongTrader, we also have a really huge catalog, which has to be searchable as well. So we help them to get the next step um, on their database. And then to provide, because SongTrader is a B2B licensing platform from the US, and they are dealing with uh, music supervisors, brands to provide the right music, to find the right sonic branding and stuff like that. And this is where our next step will take us um, to just provide information for this kind of target groups um, to help them to find the right music. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty the same, um, same starting point we had all the time, but now it's getting a little bit more new direction in, in the target group. So we learn a lot more right now about target groups of different target groups we never thought of. So mm -hmm. music supervisor was just always in mind, but we said, yeah, okay, just stick with the labels and publishers because this is where our network is. So this is where we have the connections. And then we talked all the years with them, but um, yeah, but now we are just um, on a new path, so to say. Okay, yeah. Would you say that um, it was like the biggest change when you first started? Okay, we have like this vision of B2C, but now you're going to B2B or which was actually like the biggest change while your startup journey? Mm. We made a lot of big, big changes, big decisions in, in our mind, but it was always smaller steps if you see it yeah. now in, 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 in the um, retrospective, so to say. Um, we never thought of really being B2C, but it was easier in the startup world and for the investors to tell the story like um, a B2C point of view, because they never get the idea if, if you're in a niche like the music industry, and this is not the really a huge market, it's everywhere, but it's not the huge market in the world. So um, it's very niche. And then if you talk to them with any investors who are not um, firm with the music industry and how the music industry works, then they were like, what do you want exactly? So, and this is why we try to start, okay, we are telling our story from a B2C perspective, just to make clear what the idea is behind that, because then it's easier to, to talk about the story. And if it comes further on, we say, okay, but we want to stay B2B and something like the Google of um, as music search or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, to just get a clearer picture of what we do. So the idea was never to be B2C, but yeah, it's a problem that we always tell a B2C story if we start with MusicQ, but it was, always was um, a B2B thing. Yeah, because it was just like too complicated actually to yeah. explain what you, what you really done yeah, right yeah. yeah okay i can imagine because sometimes we also have like this this problem like when some my family asking me like what are you actually doing at bot talk yeah. i was on yeah we have like text to speech and an ai and yeah, then yeah. there are lots of question marks <laughs> <laughs> yes right. so i have like the the good um, option that like my family is from northern germany and then mm -hmm. i always say go to the SZ. Mm -hmm. everyone knows and there's like a little play button this is what this i do is. <laughs> this is like pretty good because yeah. you always need to tell the other people it's like like the end users say what they can do or mm. what is their profit of yeah. it otherwise it's like pretty hard to explain yeah. when you're in the b2b exactly. business yeah. that they're getting an idea what you've done yeah. right. and especially when you have like a virtual product and the ai and then everyone is always just like oh, it's too complicated yeah. for me i didn't get it <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, it's, it's always just like sticked and think in the, in the mind of the people that everything technical must be super complicated. Yeah, yeah. And so we choose the easier way, but it's not the very truth. 
about our business, so to say. <laughs> but we stick very to it. So we we learned that it's much clearer to tell it on this way to, um, and not in, just to say, yeah, we have an AI and we have a database and there are a million of songs in it and boom. <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think so. Yeah. Um, yes, it's always pretty important, I think, to like, ex you have the ability to explain your product as easy as possible. Also, if it's like a super complicated infrastructure and stuff, but yeah. you need to find a way to, like, to tell the story and to have an easy uh, explanation for this what you're actually doing and and normally like the technical stuff you always like need to cut out yeah like the normal yeah because they're all not techies so yeah. and music is such an emotional topic of course we met investors who were not so into music and he just always asked us what do you want with them what what do you want to do with the is this um, is it somehow good or what what is your goal? And then we describe, but he never got the idea as easy as we tried to explain it to him, but it was like far away from him. So we've learned, okay, we have to really tell an easy story to just get the first um, access and then to see if we can go further on. And then we can deep dive into the technical stuff and show some pictures of how our AI is working or how the process could look alike, but um, never at the very first beginning. Because no. then we are lost. <laughs> yeah, at the first beginning, you just need to like catch the attention and right. the interest of the people, and then afterwards, if they're interesting in yeah. it, then you can explain it like more in detail what is actually behind it. Because yeah. first, it needs to be like an easy story, and yeah. all the huge bubble behind it's normally just in the next steps. Yeah, right, right. So, um, would you say it's when you're finding like an investor, um, was it always like better to find someone who's also sharing the interest? So like having like a high passion in um, music or is it then easier for you or how do you deal like finding investors actually? Mm -hmm. So um, our history with investors is really, yeah, it's very uh, a lonely story because we do not have so much investors. We um, started here in Hamburg with, um, with an incubator program and an accelerator program. So the accelerator program, like the NMA, was one of our first somehow call, you can call it investors because they invested in us, but it was not that we have to um, acquire them anyhow. So just they say, okay, just be part of our program and then, then we go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, but in a, a coincidence, um, our first investor is um, one of the partners of Wacken Festival. Um, and this is really funny because he's really into music. So he know how, how, it, how to deal with startups, how to see how the music market is changing all the time, how to deal with every crisis um, coming up for the music industry. So in him, we had a really good investor for us and really understandable investor. We do not have to explain too much. Mm -hmm. um, but we talked, of course, to a lot of other investors. And as there are not so many investors in the music industry, we always have to explain really huge stuff about music markets, music industry, to, to show how the market is um, built up, how the shares are in that market and stuff like that. So it was really like, so, okay, we have to deal a lot, we have to provide so a lot of more information than we ever had thought about. So this was really kind of hard. And um, we never experienced to get an investor on board, um, which is not music, which is not into music. Um, mm -hmm. So so I don't know really exactly what how it would be if we had an investor not so much into the music industry, because then we were, after two and a half years, we were acquired by Songtrader, so we had no really much time to find 
a lot of more investors. Um, and so this was lucky for us so that we do not have to search for investors anymore. But um, yeah, it, was, it's a, it is a hard business um, to search for them and to explain your idea and not to get um, sad about that no one understands what you want with your idea. Yeah, sure. I could imagine. So I think it's always like for every startup when they need to find investors to like stay alive or expand. This yeah. is always like one of the biggest challenges yeah. um, because like finding investors is like an exercise you've never done before. Yeah, right. I mean, this is something you're normally not in contact with yeah. that you're now like on the point, okay, we need some external money. Yeah. I mean, going to the bank, it's, it's kind of easy than finding mm -hmm. just like an business angel or something. Mm -hmm. I think this is just another level. Mm -hmm. um, so do you have some like maybe some recommendations on your perspective when you was like in this talks with investors? Because I could imagine that like lots of startup, startup founders have lots of fears um, mm -hmm. regarding this yeah. point. So and you were in, like in several talks, maybe there's something you can you can share to take the fear from the people and yeah. just to motivate them when they're at this point? Yeah. So it is really um, to be really smart with your idea, but to stick with your idea and not to be just like, oh, he, don't like, he doesn't like the, oh, he didn't like the idea, so I just get back and yeah, I think of something new, but to be, be true and honest with the idea you have, with the vision you have, with the numbers you have, with all the thing around your company, we always try to be, pretty clean as a company to show everything up and say, yeah, this is the way it is. So this is our team, this is our money, this is where we come from. Um, and to stick by our truth, so to yeah. say, and never to change and play some games with investors just to get their attention. Because at the end, somehow it comes back to you and they, they find anything you can, where you can say, okay, I forgot, so to say, you know, and this is, um, yeah, be truth and keep up always talking with the investors because we spoke, um, David and I, we spoke to a lot of investors and never to get tired of telling your idea and to get all those feedback from the investors. So why are they interested or why are they not so interested mm. in you? This is really helpful to see, okay, where do we have to change some of our strategy? Where do we have, where we do, we have to rethink our product? And this was really like kind of learning as well. So just see the investors as investors, but to see them as, as a sparing partner, because we have some really good um, investors that are really good in the startup field, because as you said, we never ever had before talked about startups and financing and entrepreneurship and stuff like that, because we come from a, we came from a settled classic medium sized um, company mm -hmm. with a good running business. And we were like, ah, okay, the startup world is something completely different to what we did before. And we had really zero experience and everything of that. So um, you can see investors as a partner, not just as a, as a bad guy behind the money, but um, as someone who is really interested in help you and to, who is interested in your idea. If you have the first talk with him, he's really interested in you. So this is the first step. And just to keep this interest. And if it fails, you just ask them, why? What is the reason? What can we do better for the next time? And they were all really eager to help us and say, yeah, do the next time this mention, this point and stuff like that. This was really great. Yeah, um, actually the point that you said, like, see your investor as a sparing partner. Mm -hmm. This is like 
really nice also for me now because uh, <laughs> I also I, I wasn't uh, like an investor talk that's why it's, it's pretty interesting for me as well um, and I could imagine when I see now just my investor as a sparing partner because like they have lots of um, experience and right. they're like super smart yeah. um, smart guys uh, sitting yeah. there in front of you and then if you say okay it's it's nice when they invested in you I mean this would be like the goal of the talk but mm -hmm also see maybe the advantages just having a chance to uh, talk to the people because maybe they're not investing in you but you're getting like lots of ideas and just like discussing your product and there's is also like a huge um, huge advantage and what you can like take out of this um, like this meetings and then I think this would take a lot of fear for myself yeah. when I'm going into this co yeah. call or meeting and mm -hmm. I said okay I can Maybe I can just win. Maybe yeah. I'm not winning the investor, but I, yeah. in every case, I am taking advantages and a, and a win out of this yeah. um, meeting. And this, this is like a pretty, pretty nice mindset, I think, in mm. like negotiating with investors. Yeah. And the thing is, every investor has a network himself. So yeah. maybe this network could be, could be helpful for you because if you say, okay, now I'm not the right for you, but maybe if you had a nice talk about the product and you get a pretty good idea what you're doing and then maybe he has someone else in his network circles where he can say, okay, but maybe this guy or this, um, this investor could be something for you, so someone for you. So um, it's pretty helpful to be clear with an investor and to see, him, to see an investor also as a human. Yeah. So to say, you know, it's not a it's not a money machine. So um, we often think of that because yeah, we want money from them. But also, if they have ideas, if they um, can be a sparing partner, it's really helpful to have them um, on your board. Yes, because it's not just about the money. It's also yeah. about their network and their knowledge and yeah. all the stuff. So and when you have an investor on board, it's also like kind of a mentor who can give advice and all the stuff. Yeah. So it's not just like you're getting money and yeah. then never see you again yeah, maybe right. yeah. at the end of the year when when you get like some revenue yeah. or something yeah. yeah that's pretty cool like it's yeah. it's nice to know and um like hearing about your experience yeah. actually happy to share <laughs> <laughs> all right so um do you have any like having startups or going to the startup journey it's always like going up and down mm. so do you have any like personal learnings that you have gained through this journey maybe? It's pretty the same as I told, just to be honest and true with yourself in all the projects and to have a pretty good um, look at the product you provide um, on the idea just to, um, we did a lot, we did a lot of um, rethinking from what, what, what do we want to do? Because as we started, we had a lot of ideas we had this and that and from A to Z everything. And then we thought, yeah, okay, this is not the thing. We, can, we cannot provide 100 different um, services for, for our customers. So we have to stick just to one and always get concentrated with what you want. To be really fast was an experience like that we never had before because if you're working in a good running business, there's no one thinking about, oh, you have to deliver that on, on, a, on a particular time. But as a startup, you learned okay, you have to be really fast so your competitors not get the same goal as you did and just to stick on, on the product um, to, be, um, to be with your product. And so we, we made a lot of adjustments with our products and this was what I've learned to be really, it's 
it's fast thinking somehow, yeah. you know? It's not, it sounds a little bit stupid maybe, but it's really this fast thinking of your product and to, to change every direction, to change the view of your product, but somehow to stick with the core, with your ideal, but to see what kind of approaches you can get. And there's, again, there's a network really helpful because yeah. if you talk to potential customers, if you talk to potential investors, and if you see them all as an sparing partner, you can really develop your product with them together. And the idea of working for me is always to work with your potential customers to get the right product at the end, yeah. which is really used by them and not just to have this fantastic idea to say, okay, we, want, we built some big, great product and everyone likes it. So yeah, you can do, but you also need the customers to say, oh yeah, it's a really good product. I will recommend them to my other partners. And so it's go on and on. So this is really something um, what I've learned in a really fast way during yeah. this time. So this was a big, big learning and um, it's fun because it's a challenging it's challenging you all the day all the time to to speak with when where have you ever the possibility to talk to so many different kind of people and to share your idea and stuff like that never in your normal business life but if you're a yes. startup and you're looking for new partners for investors this is really um it's an exciting time so um I tried to enjoy, but sometimes, of course, you were like, oh, the, mon oh, the money is getting less, so oh, what do we do right now? And then um, it's like, okay, the heads up, stand up, and go on and not to, to think about the bad side of that. Yeah, don't, um, don't overthink some problems, just uh, try to like, solve them quick and flexible. Yeah. And yeah, okay, maybe sometimes it's not the perfect solution, but it don't have to be perfect. Yeah. We just need to go like in little steps further and don't stuck to a problem thinking like two weeks about it and then like the, the train is gone. Yeah, like something yeah right. Like and allow failures, you know, you can make mistakes. So yes. that sometimes they can cost you money, but sometimes it's just you just get a new experience with something and you say, okay, this is the way we never have to do it again, but let's think of another way or something like that. So accept the failures and talk about the failures, of course, to see, ah, okay, this was not so good, so let's change and do something different. Yeah. Yes, um, thank you, Agnes. Thank you very much yeah, for all your insights you. <laughs> um, which you shared today and that we're getting to know like Music Cube. Um, yeah, and also, like our audience, check out yeah. Music Cube <laughs> and see what they're actually doing. And um, yeah, see you next week.
So it could be this mute stuff, as you mentioned, like mm -hmm. I'm looking for happy songs, sad songs, and stuff like that, but we get some levels more because where we are thinking about how we can describe the word happy, because happy can mean for every and each other listener something different, because if you're a metal um, lover, you think a happy song sounds different like if you're a jazz lover, so there is no, there's no one happy thing thought of describing um, those mood and um, build up a system, a taxonomy with over 26 categories right now. So we can um, just describe music like to say, is it high energy? Is it female male voice? Is it, um, has it a wide spectrum or is it very small?